This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> and I'm Java. Do not forget my name. I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. No? We did less than 15 seconds oh, of it, perfect, so it's fine. Perfect. How many more seconds can you count? <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam, here with another podcast that just talks about movies. Today we are sponsored by that thing that we keep forgetting to do. What was it? I, um, um, was it that my dad was being eaten by an anaconda? <laughs> <laughs> or wait, wait, no, I took care of that. Oh, no, good, good, no good. I think it's this podcast. Actually. Oh, shit, right. <laughs> um, and uh, we're coming to you live from uh, a drive-in movie theater during a thunderstorm, which... Um, not a great idea? <laughs> not the best. Um, also, I'm not sure why we thought that was the best. Because <laughs> I, I, I almost did that. Oh, really? That's why I suggested Oh, that. yeah? We were in, uh, in BC? We were, yeah, we were like, let's go to the drive-in. And then lightning started coming down left, and we were like, let's not. Oh, yeah. What were you going to go see? Uh, Lion King. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was, didn't so well insane. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, today we are going to be talking about adaptations. Yeah, just the movie adaptation. That's the whole podcast yeah. just about that one movie. We're going to do an adaptation of adaptation. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm told there are things. Uh, yes, that happens. So adaptation is one of those, is a movie where I've always described it by saying, after watching it, I had never felt that stoned in my entire life, and it was without a single leaf of weed. Which is wild, because it's not, it's really not, it's a more tame Charlie Kaufman. Film. Oh, come on, I couldn't even follow what was going on most of the time. Um, all you need to know, Lucas, is it's about flowers. Okay. Um, we are not talking about the Nick Cage movie. No, that, that was no. a throwaway joke. Yeah, um, that yeah. went a little too far. <laughs> no, we're talking about adaptations as in uh, taking something like Batman and turning it into a movie. Um, or, you know, other things like that. Yeah. Mostly, I think this is just going to be... But Batman's Batman. the most important. Yeah, I think we're just going to talk about I mean, Batman. the works of Philip K. Dick and how a lot of the time they don't get adapted properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so let's let's jump into what we've ingested. All right. Should I go first? Yeah, go for it. Cool. All right. Smooth. <laughs> Smooth transition. <laughs> Lucas has to open his phone. And, yeah, yeah, just give me give me a sec. I have to go back and remember everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a month. Yeah, you said we should write notes. Yeah, I know. I told you to write notes. That doesn't mean I have to write notes. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I read a bunch of books. Of course. Because, of course, I did. I read, I finished uh, Nancy Boys by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah, right. Nice. Which is uh, really Did he remind you of Liam? Uh, <laughs> Nancy Boy. <laughs> I, I, I'm Nancy Boy. <laughs> I actually uh, haven't read that place. one. Hmm? I actually haven't read that one. Oh, I've read, a, I've read a pretty decent amount of Neil Gaiman. Uh, not enough, apparently. Yeah, what's it about? Uh, it's about these uh, two kids. Their their father uh, is a god named Nancy, who is like an uh, old god from... He's like the spider from uh, English folklore. Oh, okay. He's very tricksy. All the stories belong to him, that sort of thing. Uh, and he dies. And uh, one of his sons finds out that he has a brother who also has godlike powers. And they don't look at all alike, but uh, Spider, his brother, uh, the one with the godlike powers, is just uh, kind of a dick. Yeah. Like, he's convincing people that he's his brother and doing his life better than he was. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, his brother goes to the god's world and finds someone to try to get rid of him, but then he regrets it and they have to work together to get out of the mess sort of thing. Ah. Uh, that's fun. It's a good book. 
Uh, very Neil Gaiman. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. it. Sounds like it. I mean, Neil Gaiman does have like a very distinct set of like sensibilities he does. and the way. He does. I mean, I've always seen Neil Gaiman as a guy who like just studies and reads up on like all the different faiths and mythologies of the world, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. just kind of sit, slays them all around himself, around him, and sits in the middle and just pulls from everything. You said the exact same thing on the last oh, did episode. Did I? <laughs> Quite literally, the exact same thing. Hey, That's it's been funny. a month. Pretty yeah. much word for word, too. Uh, yeah, and I also read two more of the uh, Dresden Files novels. I've talked about uh, the other yeah. two, so I won't talk about them too much. But uh, they were okay. They weren't as good as the first two, in my opinion. And they're books that are kind of hard to read, like, one after another. Because right. they they're very, depressing, right? Not really depressing, but they are formulaic. Ah, so, okay. like, it's like, oh, he's doing this part again. Oh, he's doing this part again. Because they're detective. Sort of. They're sort of. They're, he's like a wizard in the modern day. He's like he's a private det- detective and he uses magic to figure out crimes and stuff. Yeah. They're they're fun, but I wouldn't recommend reading them one after the other. That yeah. Sort of thing. Just uh, gets repetitive or. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that you you kind of start picking up on the same. It's it's like one of the reasons why I don't really like uh, procedural TV shows, especially at least not binging them. Because then you're like, oh, it's this plot point. Oh, it's this plot point. Oh, it's this plot point. Yeah, Especially yeah. when we're serialized. Like, uh, yeah. I used to mm-hmm. watch Criminal Minds and, like, uh, I couldn't watch it all going. I'd have to watch it, like, each week. Yeah. Because, like, it's yeah. kind of like, it's another, as I call them, freak of a week shows. Mm-hmm. Monster yeah. of the week, yeah. Yeah, he's a freak of the book. <laughs> freak of the book. <laughs> uh, I also read a book on Egyptian mythology, which was actually uh, really, really interesting. Yeah. What do you know about mummies? Uh, there's nothing about them. Actually, there was one mummy in, in them in the stories that I read, and it was the first mummy. Uh, one of the gods was murdered and uh, brought back later, and he was so the first a, mummy. So it's a zombie. Sort of. He, he, was, he was brought back to life in like the fullest sense. Oh, he, oh. But then he was murdered again like, huh. right away. Does a motep show up and start eating scarabs on this departure? <laughs> no. No. Uh, and yeah, and that was those things. I also saw... Uh, Couple seasons of TV, and basically, <laughs> yeah, you had time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I watched. Uh, I'll describe it like this: I watched season five of Black Mirror. Mirror, very bad. Yeah, it was good. good. Uh, season three of Jessica Jones, which was eh, fine, and season three of Stranger Things, which I actually really liked. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. very gory. I also watched Stranger Things season yeah. three, but we can get into that one in a moment. I want to know what you <laughs> thought of. Uh, uh, what is it? I want, like, because we talked a little bit about Black Mirror last time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you had to say, like, which episode you enjoyed the most and which one you enjoyed the least, what would uh, you have to say? Splinterines was the best. Mm-hmm. Or Smithereens? Smithereens. Yeah, 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 that one. That one was the best, like, by a huge margin, and even wasn't that good. I thought it was the best acted one, probably. Yeah, definitely. 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 Like, uh, I mean, I know the, the guy on it. I forget his name. Before. Yeah, I can't, but he plays Moriarty on, Moriarty on the Sherlock yeah. show. Yeah, I've watched Sherlock, and I've never been crazy about his interpretation of Moriarty. Another was I always liked his performance. I just didn't re- I just didn't really like him as Moriarty, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he was excellent in that episode. Oh, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's acting his ass off. I was a Topher Grace did okay for the little yeah. bit he was there. Yeah, yeah. Which, I've, I've read online, um, a few people have said, like, Topher Grace played such a great villain in that episode. And I was like, he's not a fucking villain. He doesn't do jack shit. No. In fact, he probably handled it the most mature and reasonable yeah, way he possibly could have. I don't really know if, like, the, the villain of that episode was Smithereens. Yeah. Was the social media platform, essentially. Yep. And kind of the structure behind it that makes it so addictive but like they sort of hint at that but they don't really go anywhere they don't go they don't yeah they don't which is like a really interesting thing to tackle i think i think that would have been 
so fascinating. The they addictive have, nature of social media. They have touched on it in other episodes. Yeah, right? they have. They def- they've kind of overdone it, in my opinion, some. But, like, this, this was a really interesting way to tackle it, and they just didn't really go there with it. Yeah. What about the Miley Cyrus episode? Uh, it was... The, the messiest. It, I, think, <laughs> I think it was a big heaping pile of dog poop. Yeah, it I was, I did not Chris, like it Christian whatsoever. and I had a uh, talk about uh, when Miley Cyrus is acting physically, mm-hmm. she's a potato. She's, yeah, yeah she, she's not good. But she, when she does the voiceover, she's, she's great. pretty good. Why doesn't she do voice acting more? I know. She's probably... Well, she's a singer. She's probably more com- comfortable in front of a microphone than a camera. But, like, yeah, her, her vocal performance for the little Ashley Tudal was actually really good. It was it's, very funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Especially when she starts cursing and stuff. Although, yeah. um, that got old real quick. Yeah, it did. yeah. The, the first time was very funny. Yeah. Like, Get this cable out of my ass! Yeah. There's also, um, the whole thing just like, it felt like Charlie Broker wanted to make a, uh, a was it a, a Disney Channel teen comedy. Yeah, the second all, half definitely, one hundred percent. The first half kind of felt like eighth, almost like eighth grade. A little, yeah, yeah. Like for it, sure, it I kind of felt it. like they were going for that sort of vibe. I don't think they fully got there, but like, but then they just ditch it. Yeah, they yeah, ditch it and go for like a C grade, like you said, Disney comedy thing. Yeah, and like, and we know all of those pretty much suck for the most part. Yeah. So why would you want to make one of those again? Know. Yeah, and it's it was totally so- shifted gear, and the ending was so fucking stupid. Yeah, it was, and it's so on Black Mirror. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a happy end. Like, we get happy endings in a lot of yeah, well, Black Mirror episodes. Like, bittersweet endings. Yeah, but this one was a happy ending. Yeah. Which I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I didn't like it at and all. And then the other one, uh, Striking Vipers, was just boring. Pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'm I, just kidding. And I, I did like the one, the way that one was acted okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked Anthony Mackie. I liked, oh, yeah, I liked Black Mana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I also wish um oh spoilers fuck uh, oh, yeah. I wish Oops. it ended um with them in the car when when she like she's like yeah. tell me what's happening and then yeah. he looks at her that would have been a much more black mirror ending should have ended right there yeah. and then it ends with her like no they just they act, they they handle the situation in a very healthy way which is a very not black mirror thing to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> she should have been like like I don't know. They yeah, should yeah. have switched roles. Like she should have been a man in the in the, oh, in the game, and they could have all banged. Yeah, right. That would have been. Yeah, but just, yeah. I don't think they get away with it. But <laughs> yeah, but it was very unblack mirror in the fact that like I don't know, it, it was just boring. Yeah, because like the whole premise of it, I'm like, oh, so it's like sort of a weird affair. Yeah, cool. Well shot, well performed. Oh yeah, definitely. terribly, terribly written. I yeah, mean, bad story. Very poorly, poorly executed. I thought it was an interesting concept, given like there are like so many even just online games on the internet now where mm-hmm. people just digitally have sex with each other. Yeah, I, I, I honestly didn't even find that part very weird. Maybe because I spent too much online, too much time <laughs> online. But like, oh, I've spent some time online. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just it was boring. Yeah, I agree. What else have you seen? Uh, the the biggest thing that uh, I'll talk about. Yeah, the stuff on there. <laughs> on our following episode, yeah, which yeah. we are going to record immediately after this. We can cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> the, my favorite thing that I'm I not cutting witnessed... that out. <laughs> Some behind the scenes. Yeah. My favorite thing that I saw slash heard slash experienced uh, is a musical called Hades Town. Hades Town. Hades Town. Okay. It's so good. What's it about? Did uh, you watch it online? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a Broadway musical that I watched a uh, totally legal recording of. Ah, right um, on. <laughs> and listened to the it cast. Was it, it was it on YouTube? It was. Then it's legal, in my mind. 
if you want to watch it, it's at no. Okay. Um, It'll be basically far. the story. It's a retelling of an ancient Greek myth, but in like a 1940s uh, Depression era setting. So like uh, basically the story is about is about Orpheus and Eurydice. This basically the Greek myth is that. Eurydice dies and she goes to Hades and Orpheus uh, travels down to Hades to get her back. Oh, okay. Pretty simple story. Uh, but then when they get there, Hades is like, Orpheus uh, performs a song that makes Hades weep. And so as a reward, he says, you can lead Eurydice out of Hades, but you're not going to know she's behind you. And if you check and if you look to check, she has to stay here forever. Huh. And so he travels through Hades and eventually... Without ever looking behind him. And he just keeps going... And throughout the whole thing, he's just constantly thinking, but what if she's not there? But what if he's tricking me? But what if she's not there? That sort of thing. And then he's about to leave, and he, doubt overtakes him, and he looks behind him, and she's right there, and then she vanishes. And that's, uh, that's, the, that's the myth of uh, Orpheus and Eurydice. Right. The, the, the musical follows the exact same story, except it's all in, like, folksy, kind of like 1940s music, and, like, Hades Town is, like... A work camp essentially where people are like people are kind of poor on the outside and they're but like generally kind of happy but they get sucked into Hades town because like people uh, are getting they're getting paid they they have money but they're spending all their time working so like oh, okay so, so they, they can't get, enjoy life yeah they get yeah. sucked into there and then they hate it and story tell it's the same story just in a different setting and it's genuinely incredible it's uh, written by a woman named Denise Mitchell, who's also done some studio albums, including nope. one called Hades Town, which is the same thing, just as a as an album. Oh yeah, and it's absolutely incredible. Highly recommend that you check it out. Nice. I do have one question. Yes. Is for em- any imagery in this stage production that's as scary as the Cats trailer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we just cover that real quick? Yeah. Let's talk about the Cats trailer. That right? looks, it looks fuck. fucking terrifying. Okay, so I know it's nothing a... about Cats. Really I've never seen the play, but it looks that's. Like it's, it's fury fuel, fuel. Yeah, it's the kind of shit nightmares are made of. It's on the level as Will Smith genie. And yeah, I don't understand. Like, I spent so much time thinking about the cats trailer. Because <laughs> An like, unnecessary amount. Yeah, way too much time. Because I watched it and then I watched it again and I'm like trying to comprehend what exactly it is I'm seeing. Yeah, you were trying to find assholes, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, they're, the cats don't have assholes. Cats don't have assholes. Have, they have human noses and they have human boobs. Yeah. And they're wearing fur coats despite the fact that they have oh, fur. I didn't put that together. No, That's it's very, weird. It's very weird. Yeah. It's also a shame that it's Tom Hooper doing it as I liked his last yeah, musical adaptation. Yeah, I know. It, the, like, the, the style... I, I tweeted about this, but the style is very Tom Hooper, but the content is very not Tom Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks super fucking weird. Because yeah. he, uh, he did Les Mis and... And King's Speech. King's Speech. And he did The Danish Girl. I've seen right. I've mm-hmm. seen uh, Les Mis and The King's Speech. I haven't seen The Danish Girl. I haven't either. But I liked both of the previous films. Mm-hmm. I liked The King's Speech. I actually really enjoyed Les Mis. I know a lot of people don't, but I yeah. really enjoyed it. I really like it. Russell Crowe can't sing but everything else is good. <laughs> yeah actually i don't i think it's more so that russell crowe can sing it's about his style of singing does not mesh with he the, sings uh, through his nose it sounds like <laughs> his music style is on at last we see each other playing <laughs> i mean a lot of it is that his background in music is more so in alternative rock i know i, I know can you do the rest of the podcast like <laughs> and i'm java do not forget my, my name, name. I haven't seen and it. Tom, um, right? Yeah. No? We, we did less than 15 seconds oh, of it, perfect. so it's fine. Perfect. <laughs> How many more seconds can be done? Uh, yeah, that's basically what I saw. Right on. Cool. Go for it, Liam. All right. Um, so I'm just going to know. All right, that was Liam. Right? <laughs>
Sorry. Fuck you guys. <laughs> um, so it's been a while. Christian and I will probably really? talk about this one a little bit together, but the first one is uh, we saw Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Haven't seen it. It's all right. Yeah. I enjoyed it overall. I mean, I don't. I think my biggest problem with it is that it doesn't balance the high school and Spider-Man stuff as well as Homecoming did. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I don't like Peter or Spider-Man. Oh, far from home. I don't, like. I don't. I don't. I want you, him you in like New York. him in New York. I want. I like him in New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he's the from the neighborhood Spider Man there, and, mm-hmm. and I think that for me was kind of like re- removing it. But um, also the first, uh, the first little bit with Mysterio, I'm like, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I'm not seeing Mysterio, mm-hmm. and then there's this really big shift that happens. Like what? Like. Yeah, about 30, the halfway point. Halfway point, and then I'm like, "Oh shit, that's Mysterio." <laughs> he kills it. Like, yeah. What they go, what they do with Mysterio, I'm like, "Thank you." Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty neat. Um, I, I, that's one of the reasons I'm interested in seeing it is because Jake Gyllenhaal is such a weird performer. I love him, but yeah. like his performances are so weird. Yeah, he does. He's some, he's pretty. Uh, um, talented. Yeah, <laughs> that's the word I was looking the, for. Uh, um, one thing that it, that with the whole not balancing the high school stuff is that it has a lot of the Marvel comedy stuff that can get really annoying after a while. Like yeah. there's one point, uh, this isn't really a spoiler, but it's a moment that pissed me, kind of started to piss me off where, um, so, and cause when you see it in the trailer, Myster- uh, not Mysterio, Nick Fury shows up to recruit, uh, Peter Parker. And while he's trying to give him a rundown in the, in the room that we're in, like they just keep getting interrupted by like other students or the teacher's. Like, right when it started to go somewhere, it gets to a point where I'm like, just let a man talk! Yeah. I, I kind of think that, at least in concept, that's, no, I'd like, I think that's fine. It, 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 it does get pretty t- uh, tiresome after, like, because right. it, it doesn't do it like the, you know, jokes work in three and f- odd numbers, right? Yeah. They kind of just, like, just keep doing it over and over. Oh, okay. Which, in, in that hope that it gets, it stops being funny, then gets funnier? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, but like, uh, there's I'm also the line where, sorry, Lynn, there's a, my, the best line is when Nick Fury's just like, you went to space, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's just a Sam Jackson line. That's yeah, not a That's a very movie. Sam Jackson like, line. It's not on, Nick Fury. It's on the level as like, uh, I, I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid ass decision, I'm elected <laughs> to ignore it. That's a great line. That's a very good line. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, overall, I'm glad I saw it. I enjoyed it, but it just, it also just has a thing where more than a homecoming had where it's like it's not not what i want from a spider-man movie and i and i think also we just had into the spider-verse that gave me what i want from a spider-man movie yeah that's gonna sour any spider-man movie (laughs) yeah it's just like just go do that we don't need iron lad or millennial boy (laughs) um and uh then uh was it before i get in we get into the meat but i'm gonna talk to lucas probably a fair bit about i also started watching the venture bros yeah, but you stopped, uh, right? Yeah, I've kind of taken a break. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep going or not. Okay, not... I, that sounds familiar. What exactly is it? Um, it's what it's one of the earlier Adult Swim TV shows, mm-hmm. and it follows um essentially a former uh, child prodigy and son of like a Johnny Quest type adventurer, and his adv- and now his current adventures with his two sons, um Hank and Dean and their bodyguard. Um, okay. And it's kind of like a throwback and homage to like adventure serial uh, like. Hanna-Barbera like adventure shows huh. again kind of like Johnny Quest um like uh, they have to go up against villains a lot one is one is an organization uh, led by a guy called the Monarch who's a, a crazy guy who was raised by Monarch butterflies oh huh, huh. That <laughs> that's, is, that's interesting was, I thought it would have been more like more obscure 
You know, yeah. like he was raised by Earthworm Jim or some <laughs> shit like that, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, like, the big... Like, it's not that I haven't been enjoying it. It's just that, like, the vibes I've been getting is that I'm scared I'm going to fall into having a lot of the same problems with it that I have with other Adult Swim shows. Mm-hmm. Like, where it just becomes overly self-referential and, like, to a point where... Uh, like I've said with shows like Rick and Morty where I constantly feel like I am being told not to care. And I'm like, I am so sick of things telling me not to care. Yeah. Um, and, and Liam has mentioned Rick and Morty, which means everyone out there, you can take a shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, uh, 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 Ver- that was a good joke. <laughs> Patrick Warburton plays uh, their bodyguard. And he's oh, just this cool. huge, badass, like, murder machine named uh, Brock Samson. Sorry, would you would you compare... How how much would you compare it to Rick and Morty? I mean, I've only seen the first half of the first season so far. Of which? Sorry. Uh, Venture Bros. Not... Uh, not, uh... What was the other one? Fuck off. <laughs> uh, I'm not... Da- I'm not dancing this dance today. Oh, we're <laughs> dancing. Uh, Tango. Um, but, like, yeah, he's just this big, huge murder machine. Yeah. Um... And, like, like, there's a point where, like, in front of the UN in the first episode, there's, like, this... Oh, oh good. Ooh, Liam almost nice. dropped his phone. But he there, caught it. He's yeah. a fucking ninja. Um, <laughs> there's this, um... I was it this alligator that stored its way in the jet, and it jumps out and tries to attack them, and Samson literally just jumps in and just murders the thing with a Bowie knife. I have seen that before, <laughs> And, yeah. uh, he's about to, uh, and then he's about to enter the UN with, uh, uh, was it, uh... The Rusty, Doc Rusty, the main guy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, sorry, dude, you can't come into the UN with that Bowie knife. It's like, oh, it's okay, he's my bodyguard. It's like, well, it's like, sorry, you can't. It's like, do you want to take it from him? And it just zooms in on his face as his eye is twitching. He's like, go ahead, make my day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Interesting. But yeah, I mean, like, I think I'll probably keep trying to watch. I think it, a lot of it could also just be first season syndrome. Mm-hmm. We're kind of figuring out what they want for show to be. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I watched is, in about a day and a half, I watched through, uh, season three of Stranger Things. Yeah. That's nice. Um, so before you rant about it, I want to say what I I'm not going to rant. This is actually, this is not going to be a ranting, oh. uh, uh, was it, thing. Because overall, I will say I enjoyed it. Oh, there you go. I liked it considerably more than season two, that's for sure. Season two was rough at points. I thought it was just boring. <laughs> season one's still the best, I think. But season three, I really liked I think it's using the 80s references as a little bit of a crutch at this point. Yeah, I agree. That's what I've heard. Yeah, like literally there's a character who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger and acts like the Terminator. Like that's not an exaggeration. There's uh, a scene where v- v- multiple ones where we're drinking new Coke. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, and like there's a character like drinks it and he's like, newer or sweeter, better, or sweeter, bolder, better, or something like that. Kind of made me cringe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was cringy. Gross. And, uh... Hopper was a bit of a dick in yeah, this season. Yeah, Hopper's on edge like the whole... Yeah. I mean, like... I thought I, they were going to do something with that. It, but, in some and, cases, I understand his frustrations. Oh, definitely. The <laughs> dude's fucking traumatized. Like, he's been through a lot of shit. Um, but I mean, like, uh, my biggest problem... This one, it's like... It kind of still has my biggest problem with Stranger Things as a whole. Which is that I think it's, like, too subservient to the status quo of 80s movies. Like, with... Okay, not, like, challenging yeah, like, mm-hmm. uh, like the biggest one being that the villains are Russians. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, the reason villains were Russians in the '80s is because we were at the height of a Cold War. Yeah, yeah. Like in Rocky Five, in Rocky Four, you have him fighting a genetically enhanced Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Do you know we're getting a new Rocky movie? So I heard. Did you hear that? Oh, really? Um, yeah, like a huh. like not not another Creed movie, another Rocky, Rocky movie. movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, There's also one character who really got on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, I forget her name. She was uh, Lucas's little sister. Oh, Erica. Yeah, I, thought, yeah. you know, I, thought, I think a lot of it is that, like, so you have, 
the one That's my older sister. You shit. Have, you have the one other um, character of color on the show, and the only thing they know how to write for her is that she's sassy. And I'm like, <laughs> sure. and she loves capitalism. Yeah, and oh, like, does she? Good for her. I know she was just. I just thought she was insufferable. I'm like, is this really all we know how to write for uh, characters of color? I can I can see where that comes from. Yeah. Um, but I liked the plot overall this time a lot more. I liked what mm-hmm. was going on with uh, Billy, as in season two. I was like, why are you even here? Yeah, he was just sort of a dick and then left. You know, just kind of there. Yeah, um, as dicks do. Yeah, it's kind of there. <laughs> you know, I mean, I enjoyed uh, where most characters went overall. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I got though I did get kind of tired of Hopper and Joyce uh, bickering at each other. Yeah, that's so uh, Winona Ryder. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. yeah, are they banging? They're characters in real life. In the show, I'm not gonna spoil anything. <laughs> Oh, well, you can spoil it for that. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm mean, not going to watch it. So. Yeah, yeah, overall, I did enjoy it. I think a lot of it is that I'm like, I think it's time to wrap it up, guys. Mm. Liam, yeah. you're looking awfully tanned. <laughs> My Stop. job consists of me running around in the sun a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great content. Yeah. Great great audio content. Great content. Liam, yeah. Liam looks very tanned. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, just, so, uh, but, I don't know anything about Stranger Things, so I'm just going to comment on your... your <laughs> I want to hear more of your comments on the show, Lucas. Oh, that's basically all you... A lot of the stuff I actually agree with you on, which we never agree on anything. So that's yeah, weird. weird. <laughs> you should just make out already. Um, <laughs> fuck, they're doing it! <laughs> um, did, uh, um, there was one... Um, do you agree? One criticism I've heard a lot about this season mm-hmm. is that um, do you think that this is no, not really as much Stranger Things as it is the Steve and Dustin show now? Because they get a lot of screen time together. That is true. They do. But they are they are very... They are good. They are like... They work very good together. They have great chemistry. I mean, one, I like I like Robin. I like Robin. Yeah, I liked her character a lot. I mm-hmm. wasn't crazy about the performer. Mm-hmm. I thought she was a little rusty at spots. She, but she, I, she I, I heard this someone say this on some other show. I can't remember what it, what it was, and I can't can't unthink it. She's the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Yeah, she, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she looks exactly like both of them. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, very weird. It's, it's super kind of strange. I've seen her before too, and because I, <laughs> I looked at her and I was like, oh, she looks like Uma Thurman. Yeah. And then I was like, she. She looks like Ethan Hawke. Yeah, she like looks exactly like both of them somehow. <laughs> yeah, at the weird. same time. Uh, the love What's child, her name uh, again? Maya Hawke. And she Maya was the love, t- the love child that was conceived during the filming of Gattaca. Gattaca. <laughs> Gattaca. Um, but that's generally... Uh, I Yeah, that's basically what I have to say about it. I, really, I had a lot of fun watching it. Cool. A lot more colorful this season. Yeah, I mean, like it was, a lot of stuff was definitely more exaggerated. Mm-hmm. But I mean, literally, like, there's yeah, more weird. color. Yeah, like, I know I saw uh, Eleven was wearing a very colorful shirt. Yeah. About most of yeah. the show. Yeah. It, it was yeah. fun. I, I, liked, I liked the relationship between her and Max. That was fun. Uh, yeah, even though I think Max is just kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I called did, a, I called a young that. girl a bitch. Sue yeah. me. Um, someone probably will. Millie yeah. Bobby Brown, please oh, sue. Someone's knocking the door. It's a subpoena. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. It just slipped under the door. You're being sued by Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was also. Oh wait, no, it's just Bobby Brown. Weird. Oh, it was cool to weird. see like some. Isn't he dead? It was cool to see Carrie always also. Oh right, uh, he was in yeah, there. Yeah, he's the mayor. So yeah, and Hopper beat the shit out of him. Yeah, for almost no reason. Um, there's also. <laughs> that sounds awesome. There's a lot. Uh, there's also Gary Busey's son is there. Really? Oh, who did he play? He worked in a newsroom where uh, Nancy and Jonathan are. Oh, okay. Yeah, the blonde, the blonde guy who's the blonde asshole guy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, Gary Busey's son. Yeah, they, and they also they really hit the uh, the uh, women in the workplace uh, uncomfortableness like on the head like a lot. <laughs> yeah, many many times. Well, I mean, it is a subject that has been coming up a lot. Oh no, it's it's fair. It's just it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
Are they gonna go in the nineties now? In this I show? No, because we're in eighty five. It was nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Do a five year skip. There's a point. <laughs> well, the actors are all still kids. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. Time travel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, there's even a point where we're watching uh, Day of the Dead and Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah they go see Back to the Future because it was uh, the the actual weekend it uh, takes place on is the actual weekend Back to the Future came out. That's pretty neat. Yeah. All right, maybe I'll watch it just for that. <laughs> all right. And that's the greatest movie ever made. So. And that's about all I've seen that fits into this episode. Finally. Yeah. Fuck. No. <laughs> um,. I watched a number of things as well. Uh, I read a comic book or two. Um, uh, there's this new series that Scott Snyder is doing for Batman. It's called Batman: The Last Night on Earth, hmm. and uh, it's super weird. Um, okay. Basically, Batman is he like has a very traumatic experience, and then um, is like put into this simulation where it's like simulated that he's actually in a, uh, a sane asylum. Oh. So they actually do that that bit where like Batman's like, crazy and that like the doctors around him are all the villains or whatever, but they only do that very very short couple pages mm-hmm. and then suddenly he's in post apocalyptic uh, America. Oh, and he's walking from essentially walking from one end of the country to the other with a uh, a, a jar with or a, a lantern with the Joker's head in it. And the head is That's talking fun. to him. And the head talks to him. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's I really fun. And they're, they're like buddies. <laughs> and in the second issue, Joker keeps asking him if he can be Robin. <laughs> or if he can tell him a joke. Yeah, he's just like, he, there's this one bit where Batman's just like getting really pissed off at him. He's just like, he's, and it's qu- kind of quiet for a moment. And then the Joker's like, so, uh, can I be Robin now? <laughs> <laughs> I've realized Scott Snyder really likes things in jars. Yeah, because oh. uh, there's a character in uh, the Justice League called Starro. And okay. Starro is an intergalactic starfish that can like read minds and, and all possess this people and like control them. But he got destroyed at one point. He was the first villain that the um, Justice League actually ever fought. Anyway, he uh, somebody's thumping upstairs. Yeah. Oof. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Where's my bat? But he uh, he he got destroyed, and then um, Batman took a piece of him and put him in a jar hmm. and made that jarro, <laughs> and then he became Robin. Okay. So that's where the the Joker in a jar okay, so wants deep, to be Robin. It's very it's a very yeah. deep joke. But uh, yeah, so Robin for a while was Jarro, who was Starro in a jar. And was like a telekinetic starfish in a jar. <laughs> Super fucking Scott weird. Snyder loves to do like this weird shit where like he'll take the more serious aspects of like Frank Miller Batman and whatnot, but he'll throw in like some Batman the Animated Series in there, even like some stuff you'd see on Batman Brave and the Bold. Yeah, just really make it out, out there. But anyway, I also was uh, uh, reading Watchmen as well. I'm about mm-hmm. halfway through it. It's pretty good. I like oh, yeah. it. I don't have anything else to say. I'll wait until I finish it. Um, I saw, uh, I saw uh, Toy Story 4. Oh, well. yeah. I forgot that came out. Yeah. Uh, that's how long we've been doing it. I think a lot of people did as it's not performing great at the box office. No. So here's the thing. It was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. Completely unnecessary. Mm. Did not need to be made. Right. But was very heartwarming. And yeah. like it was a great continuation. It's like that, like you've, we've made this reference before. It's like, gravy on your mashed potatoes yeah you know sometimes you can have too much but you eat it anyway yeah you know so that's what i did i ate toy story 4 um <laughs> it's no longer in theater theaters because christian ate every copy yeah sorry guys <laughs> uh cellulite just goes down like <laughs> nothing um i also saw midsummer 
And yes. if I can be frank, it was one of the greatest fucking movies I've ever seen. Oh. It was magnificent. And I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think what, you're going to like exactly it. What exactly is it about? Okay, so um, this girl named uh, Danny has a very traumatic experience. Um, and her boyfriend was planning on going to Sweden to go to, to this um, this festival that one of his friends, the village has. Um, it's a midsummer festival. So they do it every year, but every 90 years is the really big one, the really big deal. So um, after Danny's traumatic experience, she decides she wants to go with them to Sweden. And none of the dudes wanted her to go, but they're like, fuck it, you can come now. So, so she goes, and uh, then thing, they do a lot of drugs, and things get batshit crazy. Okay. And it's so incredibly well shot, incredibly well performed. If anyone can pull, like, sadness and emotion out of anyone, it's Ari Aster. Like, if you haven't seen Hereditary, there's a scene in Hereditary where Tony Collette is sobbing, and it is just haunting. It is good, and it's real. Like, it feels like she's really, really upset. The same thing happens in Midsummer. So, like, the in one of the first couple scenes, she's just fucking screaming, like, crying and sobbing, and it's like... Really hard to watch. But as the movie goes on, there's a lot of moments where things get really sideways. And, like, um, so basically this this festival is based on this, like, tiny little town. It's based off a bunch of different, like, pagan rituals and things like that. And, uh, yeah, they just do a lot of fucking drugs. And, like, there's a lot lot of moments where um, I have never touched a drug in my life. I will say that now. But it... Seems like what it would look like if you did <laughs> mushrooms or or um, LSD. <laughs> so a lot of it, like sometimes in the background, like the trees are like waving. I'm doing something with my hands um, <laughs> it, for you at home. Um, but it looks like everything's like shifting and waving and like mm. stretching and, and swelling and shrinking. Liam knows. He's done a lot of drugs. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, it's... I've it's, done all the drugs. Yeah, yeah. That's not fucking true. Uh, Lucas loves his crystal meth. <laughs> Let's not put that out on the internet. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's uh, I, I absolutely I was in complete awe, and mm. still am, still in complete awe of what I saw. Like I want, I want to go see it with Liam because it'll be a movie where I know Liam will like it, but he'll never want to watch it ever again. I've, I've had experience like that with um, Twelve Years a Slave, uh, oh, Revenant. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, or even eighth grade, where I'm like, we're really good, but I'm never gonna watch them again. Yeah, I kind of feel that way about it. Great as well, and and Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, great, brilliant movies. I don't want to watch them again. <laughs> Both wonderful comedies. Uh, that's well, not a eighth, not... eighth grade is sort of a comedy. Yeah, in some ways. that was a very bad joke, and I apologize to um, for slavery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we apologize for slavery, everybody. We really yeah. fucked up Personally, on that one. I actually <laughs> talked about going today. Oof. Uh, for um, <laughs> I was like, I was hold on, midsummer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but since uh, the Lion King came out, yeah, the yeah. only there's only one showing in the whole city, and it's at like ten thirty at night. Yeah, it kind of is getting phased out. Sure. Um, which is really unfortunate because it's a magnificent film. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much the things that I want to talk. Oh no, this is a great transition. Oh, oh, oh. I watched Clue. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful transition because yeah. that's an adaptation of a it board is. game. It is. Where um, like, how the fuck do you interpret this into a movie? <laughs> and it is so good. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. I love it's fascinating. it. fascinating. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it when I was about 15, mm. and I remember just laughing my ass yeah. off. We were even watching some clips, and I'm like, damn, I forgot how funny this it's movie is. It's really funny. It's been a while. I remember I watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I hated it. Yeah. And then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, oh Jesus Christ, this is a comedy. Why didn't, why didn't that? Why didn't that cross my mind? Yeah, why didn't they clue in? <laughs> why didn't that clue in? But uh, when will Lucas ever get a clue on certain things? Uh, anyway, it was real. I I really liked it. I I was howling the whole yeah. time. I thought it was really funny. But great transition point. So that is uh, an adaptation of yeah, a board so, game. Yeah, something that doesn't happen that often. No, we have Battleship. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much it. Hey, I remember yeah. there was a point after Battleship Battleship came over. I was like, well, "Are we gonna do Hungry Hungry Hippos next?" They, they were they were gonna do Hungry Hungry. Hippos. I thought that was just a joke. No, no they were oh, gonna wow. do it. The but battle then, for Earth begins in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> but I, guess there's, I was gonna. But hey, Jumanji isn't thing. an adaptation of a board game, but it's sort of like a meta adaptation of a board well, game. Well, cuz yeah, cuz it's a it's based off of a book which is about a board game. Yeah. And so the movie is about a board game that's about a book that's about a board game. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and then the and then the new one is about a video game which is about <laughs> a board game which is about a book about a board game. This yeah. one is based on a game but not a board game. A movie that gets everything wrong, but it's hilarious how we get everything wrong. And that little movie is called Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> I forgot that existed. I, yeah, that's... <laughs> Is that Jeremy Irons? Yes, yeah. Jeremy Irons plays an evil wizard named Profion. Doesn't he have blue lips or something? No, that's his captain right, of guards. Someone has blue lips. Yeah, Profion. And Thora Birch plays uh, the Empress. <laughs> there was a point, and you could tell she does not care. She's just like, I want our people to be free and equal. And Jeremy <laughs> Irons is going off like, Yes, dragons, come to me! And they're all just acting off each other. Of the same I love scene. your Jeremy Irons impression, but maybe just tone it down a second. <laughs> um, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons cereal. Marshmallows. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think when... When you see an adaptation, uh, one of our one of our sponsors was uh, Lucas was going to say um, um, by the statement um, the book did it better or something. Yeah, which is, which spon- is very... sponsored by the phrase that didn't happen in the book. That didn't happen in the book. Yeah, um, which is you know a pretty common thing to to, to think about when oh, you yeah. go see an adaptation. I say that every time I see a movie based on a book, even if I hadn't read the book. Yeah. So what <laughs> what do you what do you think is the is is a wonderful example? Of an adaptation, and what is an awful example of an adaptation? Because uh, I think Dungeons and Dragons is, is, constitutes a terrible well, adaptation. Well, you can't really adapt Dungeons and Dragons because, like, it's its own thing. Like, I'm not saying like you can't uh, adapt like maybe a campaign from Dungeons and Dragons, but Dungeons and Dragons is just a rule set. Do Dungeons right, exactly. and Dragons as like a, a Netflix miniseries where like every three yeah. episodes follows one campaign, and then you just go to a completely different uh, campaign with different yeah. characters. They're they're they are producing a film right now, as far as I know. Huh. Yeah. I, know, I know that uh, there's a D&D stream called Critical Role. Mm-hmm. They raise a shit ton of money and they're making an animated series based on their, their, their live stream campaign. Please That's bring... sweet. Yeah, right? That's it's, really cool. It looks Please... pretty cool. Please bring back Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> For that specifically. Yeah, all, yeah. all the actors who played their characters are playing their characters like in the animated series because awesome. they're voice actors. Yeah, the, one of the girls is on that is also on Daredevil, is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, Deborah. Deborah Ann Wool was on for an episode. 
Oh, only yeah. one episode. I know she was a guest star. I know she, she I has her own. She has her own D and D show called Relic, Relics and Rarities. Yeah, I know her and Joe Magnello like D and D. Yeah, Mag- Magnello showed up on several episodes of the Critical Role. Actually. No, no, sorry. no, no, no. I watched too much Critical Role. You got to say it like Joe Magnello. <laughs> That's not how you put it. <laughs> oh, oh, there's another. There's another subpoena. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Damn, he's racking it's, them up. It's from Joe Magnello. Oh. <laughs> there's another one. Jesus. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like when you what do you, what do you think is a wonderful adaptation? Uh, the most obvious one I can think of is uh, Lord of the Rings. I was yeah. going to say the same yeah. thing. Like mm-hmm. I have read uh, the Lord of the Rings a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I've only read them once. They're very boring books. Yeah. Um, so if, so if what I do you will say something controversial? I think. What, what do you think makes it so successful then? I think that they knew that they kept like the core ideas and themes and like the journey more or less the same. Mm-hmm. But they also knew where to update and change some things. Mm-hmm. Something the Hobbit got absolutely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, uh, one, writing up uh, Arwen gave her more context and reason to be in the story. Yeah. I, in, in the books, she's just Aragorn's love interest. She doesn't do anything. She's just there. That's Liv and, Tyler, right? Yeah. yeah. In yeah. fact, and suddenly she's dying, so it ups the stakes for Aragorn. Yeah, and also, that's it. if I remember, uh, they also left out some stuff that I thought were good moves, like Sar- Saruman taking over the Shire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They left out Tom Bombadil, which I was a okay with. I mean, and like I like that chapter in the book, but mm, like I would not work in a movie. I think like you c- probably could have thrown it in, but like the things that like all the other characters they meet in the novel, they come back and they serve right. some kind of a purpose. Well, Tom Bombadil kind of just they meet, he saves them, they meet him, they has this whole meta thing where it kind of foreshadows the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. But like then you just never hear from him. I've from never him read again. the book, so yeah. please, so please Tom, explain. Tom Bombadil is sort of like this. Uh, jolly fella who's singing all the time he's not a hobbit but he's kind of like shaped like a hobbit but bigger okay if that makes sense yeah. he's like very round uh and like his voice he's like his when he's he's kind of like a bard like his sing his singing is like a magic or something like he enchants people with it or something like that uh it's been a very long time since i read the books uh but uh and they're like yeah we're taking this ring uh to rivendell and we're gonna destroy it and he's like oh this thing has no power over me you can keep it and then no one ever's like no one's ever like why don't you help us? He's just he's just like yes, yeah, this... I'm super powerful and I'm not gonna help you. <laughs> they meet him uh, okay. right before uh, this section is right between uh, you know when like we're being hunted by a uh, uh, was it the Black Riders? Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. this is this would have been right before they meet uh, Aragorn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. I mean, Weird. like it's it's a chapter I like, and it's a and again, it's kind of cool how it does foreshadow the rest of a story. Right. But I just think. Given like how it plays out, it's something that works in a novel that I don't think would have worked in a yeah, film. Yeah, because like okay. a novel can have a more episodic structure, where because like Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, especially the Hobbit, is a very episodic story despite being in one book. But like Lord, Lord of the Rings also has a bit of that, where like they're doing this and then they're doing this and then right. they're doing this. And uh, if you want to throw that, if you wanted to make a TV TV series like more faithfully based on the books, I think that could work a little better, including Tom Bombadil. Yeah, and stuff for like sure. HBO is doing that right now. I believe. Uh, Amazon. 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 Right. But I'm not sure if they're actually doing the Lord of the Rings books. They're doing things around them or something like that. Like just uh, all of to- Tolkien lore. Yeah, they're like, doing more Tolkien lore. Fun fact, actually, there was when Del Toro was still attached to direct The Hobbit, um, there was a point where when they were trying to force him to make it three movies or make it two movies or whatnot, mm-hmm. he was saying, like, well, why don't I do The Hobbit as one movie and then adapt The Samarillion? as its own movie, but we're like, oh, well, you can't adapt a Samarillion. It's like, mm-hmm. with, uh, it's less than 10,000 copies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think the biggest thing about adapting a book, at least, or adapting anything probably, is just capturing, like, the point 
And the tone and the characters. I right. It's the most important thing. And my most important thing is uh, is the ideas and themes. Like, uh, what is it? Like, if you want to be an adaptation of that, like, keep your same ideals and themes. Like, one of my favorite adaptations pretty much has nothing to do with a book, mm-hmm. and that's Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, oh, for okay. sure. Yeah, exactly. Book. Yeah, Blade Runner is based off a book by Philip K. Dick yeah, called yeah. Uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric, Electric Sheep? Sheep? Yeah. And it's a brilliant book, but, like, the whole plot of Blade Runner and everything that takes place is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, just the setting, ideas, and themes are kept the same. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the whole identity and, like, if uh, machines are people or whatnot. But, like, if I'm remembering correctly, Rick Decker is the only character there. Um, I don't recall um, Rachel or Roy Batty being there. In the, okay. in the book. Yeah, in the book. Yeah. Um, like, uh, well, the movie's this kind of hard-boiled noir detective story. Yeah. Um, but again, like, like a very different route than what happens in a book, but all of the ideas and themes are the same and like very close to that. The same thing actually happened with Total Recall, which is based mm-hmm. on a, mm-hmm. um, right. uh, yeah, was it? yeah. it's based on another Philip K. Dick book called, uh, We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other adaptations of his books. Like, uh, was it, but I, the ones I don't like are the ones that really muddle the ideas of a books and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, robot? That's uh, no, right. that's <laughs> not. I'm talking yeah. like. Minority Report, yeah, or uh, mm. the Adjustment Bureau, mm. which I heard was not good. It's not very good. Um, but I yeah, didn't just, it, but you I, didn't you didn't hate it? It's no, pretty. I, it was fine. I think it's okay. There are yeah. things that are. I, I didn't know it was based on a book. Yeah, uh, what I was I was just gonna um, add to what you come what you're saying, Liam, is like and building off what Lucas is saying too is I think if you have a direct adaptation, it's kind of like what's the point. Yeah. Oh, I like, agree one hundred percent. Like why mm-hmm. why not why not just go read the source material, you know? Yeah. I think it's really important for when you when you take anything and and, and make anything out of it, um, to kind of put your own essence in it as well. Just to, just in a way to show your interpretation of what your view of mm-hmm. what you've read, seen, um, drew, whatever. Yeah. Right? Uh, and and just allowing yourself the opportunity to and the audience, the opportunity to kind of make their own um, perception of this, you know, of this, of this um, source, uh, this media, right? Um, in in terms of just like something that like uh, uh, would be an example of this is something like um, uh, the Fault in Our Stars. You know, mm-hmm. um, I read the book, saw the movie. They're pretty much the same fucking thing. Well, there oh, is yeah. one thing they do that does hurt, like something from the book or like the way it plays out. What? Which is that they play, they have the same, the scenes, these two scenes from the book, but they're out of order. They switch the order of them. Which scenes? Um, that's where um, uh, Hazel's all bummed that uh, like Augustus is dead or whatnot. <laughs> spoiler. But, like right before, <laughs> right before, huge spoiler. So, in the book, right after a lot long, she goes into a slump, and after that. Her mom talks to her about how she's going to be a counselor, right. and she's going to work with kids like that and be like a support worker, right. which kind of helps her get out of that hole. Well, in the movie, that ha- that she talks to her about that before Augustus dies. Oh, and like that right. whole talk is what helped her get out of that slump. Why are mm. you doing that before? Too early, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have just been like an editing choice, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've not read the book or seen the movie. So. Oh. You're not really missing a lot. I, I like know. the book. The movie is. Man, I liked yeah. the movie when I saw it in theaters, and I cried like a baby the whole time because <laughs> you know something about a girl with cancer just really fucking gets you. And then uh, I watched it again when I when I got it on home video, and I was like, oh man, this is not very good. Oh, that's yeah, it's not very good. One uh... um, same thing with Paper Towns. Paper Towns is one um, which I also saw the, in the theater, 
And that movie's not good. Oh, no, I, I just don't think John Green's writing style fits like a movie. I don't think it, it translates. It doesn't. No, his his I've I've only read one. That's Turtles All the Way Down. But how was that? It was pretty good. Yeah, we talked okay. about it in but, one episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but his his books don't have plots. Not really. They're moments books. Yeah, yeah. they're moments books. I, I you can probably translate that into a movie somehow. But yeah. like I like a lot of movies where it's just hangout movies or like moments movies. I like I yeah. like uh, what you call it. Uh, Days of the Confused, which is essentially yeah. just a hangout movie. Yeah, that's true. That one's more comedy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's. I mean, Linklater is really good with. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's lazy true. Um, but movies. John John Green uh, on his like on his various podcasts is actually very funny, but his books tend to not be very funny. They're humorous, but they're yeah, not they have funny. Humor, yeah, but like, yeah, I, I just I feel like like Looking for Alaska is not funny. I haven't, I haven't read it. It's. Pretty sad. They're making that into a, a miniseries. It's they they? tried to adapt Looking for Alaska so many times, but nobody mm-hmm. wants to touch it. No, but actually, no, they're actually doing it. Now. Yeah, I like mean, they, yeah, are they? they? Yeah, Amazon is doing it. Yeah, I know huh. it's just been thrown around so much. Like, mm-hmm. I'm Looking for Alaska is my favorite John Green book, and there's a lot of stuff that, like, they're really scared to uh, touch. Like, there's a lot of teen smoking and drinking. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a blowjob scene. Yeah, Amazon will fucking do it. They did right. The Boys, and I heard, and a lot of people didn't like The Boys because... It's anti-Christian propaganda, apparently. Which <laughs> I, I said the same like, thing about Good Omens. Did you hear? Did you hear yeah. about that petition? Yeah, yes. it's like yeah. Take, take it off of Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it even says like on the po- in this the is Amazon original. Yeah, yeah on the great. on the petition site it says Amazon it. original. But on, yeah. but on the topic of adaptations, one specific ad- adaptation I want to bring up because it's less of an adaptation and more satire of you the source material Jurassic Park Starship Troopers yes yes I knew we were going to talk about <laughs> it Starship Troopers is like the book is fucking fascist oh as yeah. yeah it's extremely fascist only soldiers can be citizens is that really yeah in the book that is a thing you're yeah, in the movie too but they make fun of it well yeah, yeah well the movie Paul Verhoeven loves to do like that sat satirical type mm-hmm. of a thing. Well, that's why it's awesome that he did. He's done uh, two adaptations at this point because he did um, Total Recall and oh, yeah, uh, did, and uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, I love Starship Troopers. It's, it's a great, great movie. movie. It's just a complete and total. Like literally, the things that happen in the movie are not that different from the things that happen in the in the book. They're just framed. Yeah, the, the lens that he shows it in is a yeah. lot. Yeah, so my, exactly. my question to you then is, would you still call that an adaptation, yeah, that's, or would that's, you call that a, a satire? I think it's kind of both. Yeah, I think I so mean, too. Yeah, because like it does, it adapts like basically the same story. Because at that point, we could call Spaceballs an adaptation of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I mean, really? Well, like it, not really, because it's a, that's a movie to a movie. Yeah, it's a direct, direct yeah. parody. Yeah, I and, think there's a big difference between parody and satire. Obviously. Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting though because I can't think of any other like adaptations that satirize the original material um yeah no i can't really think of anything either like uh star trek troopers is pretty much like the go-to for that kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. i was actually, um, in a way total recall kind of does total recall uh, has a lot of like uh political and capital satire yeah, yeah. but that's mm-hmm. but that's kind of from the book so it's not really no the book is more so about identity and no like, but i that what i'm saying is that it's not like it's not a parody or sorry a satire on we can remember it for you wholesale right yeah not really right um, um yeah i don't know that's a great question i don't yeah. i don't know if there's any any other examples or I something like that i did talk with somebody once where um i remember back when uh like Zack snyder how he has a tendency to throw around a lot of projects or whatnot mm-hmm. uh we had i had a similar discussion with a friend where like are there books for like the only way you could adapt them is if you did it more as a satire 
And, like, then I thought back to, like, how uh, uh, Zack Snyder wants to adapt the Fountainhead. Yeah. And I'm like, the yeah. only way you could adapt the Fountainhead, especially in our current climate, is to make it a satire. The thing is, yeah. there, there are people out there who would love to see a Fountainhead movie. And that's, they already that have. Scary. They already have one. And it's. Oh, for, and I it's, forgot. I didn't know that. For what? A Fountainhead? Yeah, there's a movie of a Fountainhead made in the 40s where uh, Rand herself wrote the screenplay. Oh, oh. wow. Not a great idea. Yeah. No, I, I, but, like, I'm sure they would love. Certain people out there would love to see. A Zack Snyder fountainhead. Fucking fascists. Yeah, fucking fascists. <laughs> um, but like, uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, so if Zack Snyder were to adapt it, that's one thing where I'm like, if he did it as like a Starship Troopers type comedy, I'd be down for that actually. Yeah, I, would, I would laugh and laugh. I'd be something else. I've read that book and it's it's awful. I I couldn't get. I I read like the first twenty pages and I'm like, Ugh. yeah. It's I've not, never read it. It's not particularly well written. It's not no. a, a was it? It's a, a lot of the ideals in it are frightening. Do you know? Do you know Infinite Jest? No. David Foster Wallace book. No. It's uh, one of the. I'm, I'm, not, I'm aware of it. I've never read it. Oh, okay. Well, so you're aware of it. It's super long mm-hmm. and very meandering. That would be another book where I could imagine doing a satirical version of it because okay. the book is it, even David Foster Wallace was like, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, but I had to do it, so I did. Um, <laughs> I mean, may he rest in peace. Uh, but yeah, even he was just like, I don't fucking like this book, and because wow. it's it, a lot of people don't like it, mm-hmm. but they've read it because it's it's considered like a uh, a masterpiece in some some regard of just okay. fiction writing. Um, but there's like there's an entire sequence in the book that's about tennis, and just just tennis. That's it, hmm. and he explains a tennis match. Which I think I don't know. I have a copy of it. That I, I I will infinitely jest on my on my bookshelf. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever actually get around to reading it. But what I'm getting at is I, I feel like that would be one where you could probably do a satirical version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even going as, as wild as doing like imagine if they did the hand, Handmaid's Tale as something like that too, like a Verhovian like. That'd be weird. I mean, I've never seen the show. Have you watched it at all? No. I have been told that I, that with the show, the problem is that it was made as a show instead of as a movie. Mm. Like, talk about how the novel... how he Yeah, said the it, novel's not long. Yeah, the novel, like, from what I remember of A Handmaid's Tale, it doesn't... I don't think it... Which, I think it's a weird idea to turn it into a yeah, uh, TV it is, show. It is pretty episodic, to be fair, but it, yeah. like it's like three episodes. <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, instead of, like, dra- stretching it out to, like, fit a... Th- a five season type of a thing. Why not yeah. do like a three hour movie or something? Yeah, or like a mini series, like three hour and a half episodes. Or something She's like also that. writing a sequel to, or has written a that. sequel to mm-hmm. it. Um, which man, Margaret Atwood, just slow down. Um, there <laughs> is die already. No. <laughs> wow. wow, wow. Okay, she's fucking like, old. Let's hope Margaret Atwood never hears this. Yeah, don't please don't sue me. Um, I was going to bring up one thing in regards to adaptation because this is an ad- these are an adaptation of sorts biopics and when you're adapting that's, somebody's wow, life that's I, interesting i did not think this conversation was going to go that direction no, that's a, lot of, it, actually, a, a lot of it was that earlier today i was watching uh out of uh um i mean i don't really watch the show anymore but sometimes if it's something of interest i'll watch an episode um but like i watched uh uh the nostalgia critic did a video talk about man on the moon okay um and like how he doesn't think it's a good adaptation of andy kaufman and his life mm-hmm. um and uh, was it? And that was making me think, like, when you're, how do you, uh, the challenges of just adapting somebody's life to a uh, entertainment medium. Yeah, well, because you want to yeah. make it entertaining. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, something like Rocket Man, for example, a movie that uh, 
is I haven't seen it, but according to the things that I've read online, is quite fantastical. Mm-hmm. It's quite over the top, you know. It and so it doesn't quite. Uh, it it tells Elton John's story, but in a way that Elton John would tell his own story. You yeah, know? that's that's really interesting. Or Bohemian Rhapsody, which I've heard, you know, kind of bastardizes um, a lot of Freddie Mercury's life. I mean, it know? does kind of encourage a misconception, a common misconception about Freddie Mercury. Like, from how I understand it, obviously, I've never met the guy. Like, really? Uh, no, he's a good um, guy. I was talking to him last weekend. Um, but, like, uh, <laughs> With your boy. Yeah. it's very commonly believed that Freddie Mercury was gay, mm-hmm. when in reality, he was bi. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and a lot of people are just under the impression that Freddie Mercury was just gay. There's no way around it. Yeah, which is not, not true. And yeah. apparently, the movie does kind of push that misconception, and... I know a lot of That's people kind of were dis- pretty upset. Disrespectful to, dis- to just completely erase someone's identity like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I There's a actually- line in the movie where um, he's talking to his fiance or girlfriend or whatever, and he's just he tells her he's like I'm I'm bi, and then she's just mm-hmm. like No, Freddie, you're gay, and she, and he's kind of like Oh, okay, yes, <laughs> like, My- I'm gay, like. Huh. It's stupid. My wow, aunt someone can take that as a sound clip. I just <laughs> uh, my aunt told Christian's me that. Christian's getting canceled, guys. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I talked to my aunt about it at Husaba movie, and she said that it honestly kind of pissed her off. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of that, like, the misrepresentation was also a fact that um, apparently, like, uh, they they do the whole thing a lot of bio, biopics do about people where they, they make it really vanilla and portray them as being almost, like, too clean and too perfect. Like, the... Oh, oh okay. idealistic, uh, just uh, a dreamer. Yeah, who yeah. like just can't accomplish. Like Patch Adams did that, and I mm-hmm. uh, was it the okay. Doors does it? No, um, the, with Val Kilmer there. Yeah, yeah like uh, like Patch Adams as an example does. Uh, it takes um, uh, was it one? They change. Uh, Patch Adams actually had a friend who died, um, and in a the movie they change it from his friend to a woman and his love interest to try and get an emotional reaction. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. One thing... Also, that movie's not very good. No, I understand it. Yeah. I don't know. Besides the point. But, um, yeah, it's a, uh, that's an interesting thing to think about, yeah, is, is how do you adapt uh, someone's life? Yeah, well, like, or like a disaster, or like an event. That's a good like, point. Like, like, yeah. uh, f- um, Fahrenheit 9-11. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no, like, uh... Titanic. Um, no, I was gonna say yeah. World Trade Center. But, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Titanic. Yeah, yeah that's ti- a good point. Titanic, Titanic like... me off. Yeah, there's actually, there's a portrayal of one actual person that William actually... William Murdoch? Yeah, William, William Murdoch. It yeah, actually, honestly, me it made me a little mad because how disrespectful it was. So, so William McMaster Murdoch was the first, I believe the first mate on the Titanic. And when it started going down, he spent all his time getting people on the lifeboats. And even when it went down, he was in the water, like, swimming people to lifeboats. And he drowned doing that. Huh. In the movie, they have this character with the same name, the first mate or whatever. Uh, he takes a bribe, shoots someone, then shoots himself. Yeah, he... Uh, huh. And yeah. they actually had to apologize to the whole town he was from. Yeah, but they refused to take it out of the movie. Yeah. That's super disrespectful. Yeah. Huh. yeah no, Fuck I, James Cameron. Yeah, no, but actually, I remember... James like, Cameron is now on the list of people we don't like. Like, there's also the fact of not putting the focus of the movie on the actual event or the people involved. Instead, mm-hmm. like... Make, like, hun- yeah. hundreds of heartbreaking real-life tales... And they make one up. Like yeah. the mail, like the mail room got flooded on the Titanic, and yeah. uh, like all of the guys died trying to get everything out of there because they wanted to do their job as best as they could, even when that everything is, was going that's down. That's gonna make me cry. Yeah, right. It's but, sad. Yeah, I mean, like, and there's also the fact that like everybody goes off saying, "Well, it's just fantasy. It's historical fiction." I'm like, no, 
Imagine if somebody made a movie about the World Trade Center and did the same thing with... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that would be something else. Mm -hmm. Like, Titanic... piss off so many fucking yeah, people. Titanic, honestly... John Stewart, specifically. <laughs> even, uh, even also, uh... Um, like, and then... What is it? Uh, there were other things that, um... I was like, felt they could get away because of, t uh... Titanic, Pearl Harbor. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. movie fucking pisses me off. Yeah. Like the the Japanese opening fire on hospitals. Oh my god. Soldiers not knowing how to swim. It's like I That's can't ridiculous. swim. That's ridiculous. Not not just soldiers, sailors, Navy officers. Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck can't swim. Yeah, the the, the thing that. that really pissed me off was the portrayal of the actual battle of Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Like, like you said, open firing on hospital. Fuck you. Because there's there's a new film coming out that's about. Pearl Harbor. Is it? Um, yeah. Um, it's got Patrick Wilson in it. And oh. uh, it looks like it's a little bit less disrespectful. Oh, that's good. Um, but it, it takes, it's about um, something. I can't yeah. remember. I saw, <laughs> I'm no fucking help. I saw a trailer for it at right. uh, for Midsummer, but I can't remember anything about it. So I'm going to cut this out of the podcast. Oh, perfect. <laughs> no. uh, are there any examples of biopics that you guys think got it right as an adaptation? Dewey Cox. <laughs> Walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. I personally think, based on my knowledge of a subject, uh, Lincoln. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know a crazy amount about Abe Lincoln, but I have mm. a working knowledge. Didn't he have a really high pitched voice? Uh, no one actually knows. Uh, was it, it? Some have claimed that he had. Yeah. Uh, can was we, it? Can we dig him up and look at his lyrics? <laughs> I mean, like the thing with Lincoln is that like it's hard to pull up an adapt, pull off an adaptation because they didn't have film back then. Yeah, and, they didn't have cameras. Yeah, but like there are, uh, there are photos of Abe Lincoln. Like you can read, but you can read letters from Lincoln at least, mm -hmm. so you could get an idea as to like what he talked like or what he would. Yeah, uh, I heard Sam Jackson has one. That's, <laughs> a, that's a deep. That's a deep joke because okay. it's um, tape polite. Whatever. Have you seen Lincoln, uh, Lucas? Oh yeah. Did you did you think it was a good uh, portrayal? I, I, I really liked it. I they leave out uh, obviously like most biopics, they kind of leave out Lincoln's darker side. Yeah, like he was older at this time, so it may have been not not, not nearly as prevalent. But uh, Lincoln was a little violent sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's this one uh, story Killed about vampires, man. Yeah, he's a vampire <laughs> hunter. Uh, there's this one story about he, when he was running for Senate, um, he was up on the podium making a speech and everything. I just did the politician hand gesture, <laughs> for those who can't see. Yeah. Um, and th these two people, like, out in the audience, like a pro-Lincoln guy and an anti-Lincoln guy, got in this really loud argument and were getting in the middle of the speech. Lincoln got off the stage, walked through the crowd, grabbed the anti-Lincoln guy by the throat, and threw him. <laughs> I mean, Lincoln was, not he, like, a really tall and he imposing was six, guy? He was six foot four, and he was strong. You, like, you could play Lincoln. I'm not six foot. No, but you kind of look like Lincoln. Has anybody ever told you? That? No. With Lincoln, I did like how he did show. Not necessarily his darkest side. Lincoln was notoriously ugly, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> they did That's show, but I meant. But they did oh. show, but he wasn't perfect. Like he did miss oh, yeah. out on being a father. There's even a point where he hits mm -hmm. his son. Right. Yeah, really? There is. Yeah, because his son really, really wants to uh, go out and fight in the Civil War, and Lincoln doesn't want him to do that. And Lincoln abuses, literally abuses his power. As he literally says. I, as commander-in-chief, am refusing you to go. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean... But, uh, what, yeah, they definitely show, like, a little bit of... Uh, and he also, like, does a lot of very shady things. Like, he hires people to... Do, not, like, to murder people, but, like, to spread... Uh, I can't remember exactly what... He, like, basically, probably... Agent Orange? No. <laughs> <laughs> to spread Agent Orange, yeah. yeah no. Uh, kind of to spread propaganda, essentially. Yeah. Like, he just hires these random dudes. One played by James Spader. <laughs> really, there's a lot of there's a lot of character actors in that movie. Mm. Jackie Earl Haley, yeah, um, Joseph, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of theories about whether or not Lincoln was gay, and they don't 
bring that up in the movie. Probably because it's just theories. I don't know. Yeah. He did live with a guy in, in a one-bedroom house for some time, so, you know. Really? Like, yeah. Huh. But apparently that wasn't an uncommon thing back then. Yeah, just two dudes hanging yeah. out, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two, I love it. Dudes, dudes being guys. Just guys, guys being dudes. Being dudes. <laughs> um, I guess the last thing in regards to an adaptation, I'm just trying to go of different types of adaptations. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, say, something like adapting, like, not a graphic novel like Watchmen, but a comic book. Mm-hmm. What are your, given you, you and I both read comic books, Christian, what are your thoughts on those? On, like, how to adapt those? Like, because there's so much material yeah. to pull from. I, I, I like it when um, they select either a, a very specific storyline and then just kind of take elements of that and so that, you know, you're familiar with it while you're watching it. Like, when you watch um, The Dark Knight Rises and how it's basically no man's land. And there's some nightfall right? in there. And, and nightfall, right? And then you look... But The Dark Knight really isn't... at a, it was kind of um, uh, all... Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. No, that's more so Rises, like yeah. Batman coming out of retirement. Right, um, right, okay. Yeah. The uh, what do you call it? Um, the shit. What's that book called? Yeah, um, I'm not sorry. Sure. The Dark Knight is uh, largely actually inspired by the Killing Joke. Ah, right. Yes. Yeah. Like the sense. whole Joker's identity is very much uh, inspired mm. by the Killing Joke. Yeah, but uh, I I I like it best when 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 uh, people take. Like I said before, elements of, of certain storylines, like Christopher Nolan did, um, and try and kind of tell their version of it. Mm-hmm. I not correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the Marvel movies tend to like pull kind of a con- main concept from the comics, yeah, and then kind of write around it and kind of pull things from the comics and throw them in, in there. Right. I so mean, DC, DC them... does something does it the exact opposite mm-hmm. direction, where they take like basically due to like the DC EU. Um, like, uh, what is it? Suicide Squad is essentially Assault on Arkham. No, no, no. It's Mas- essentially, uh, New 52 is Suicide Squad. Right. Made, I'm right. No Liam's wrong. <laughs> um, it's essentially Assault on no, Arkham. No, Assault on Ar- Arkham is just, uh, isn't a comic book. It's just a movie. I'm aware. Um, but like, it doesn't really pull much from Assault on Arkham. The bomb's in their neck. That's a Suicide Fuck Squad you, thing Liam. in general. No, no. Um, but, but I mean, like, there are certain things where I'm like, Marvel has just essentially reinvented where I'm like, these aren't them anymore. Hmm. Like, the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy are completely different in the oh, comics. So, yeah, but now, okay. and then that's the other thing, too, that, that Marvel does is they, now the comic books are essentially the movies. And then I've, oh, oh, interesting. I'm playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 right now oh, okay. on Black Order, and it's basically the uh, Marvel Universe, like the, the, mm-hmm. the Marvel Studios characters in, oh, okay. in the game because mm-hmm. did you ever play the other two no no so in the other two nick fury's a white guy uh oh. <laughs> yeah and then in this one he's sam jackson oh. um we the other one was like dropped the uh, was it the white nick fury thing and just stuck with the uh sam jackson aesthetic pretty much anything you read you're gonna okay, find yeah i'm cool with it too <laughs> um that's that's funny that's so so um marvel has adapted Sam Jackson's life, <laughs> um, and made hit, and now made everything around him. him. Yeah, but yeah, well, basically what I'm saying is I, I like it when when they take that sort of uh, idea and kind of run with it, tell their own version of it. That, that like that's going back to what I was saying before. If you did, if you one one exception to that rule is is like Watchmen, for example. Well, Watchmen is def is very much Zack Snyder's take on uh, on Watchmen. But I meant more so in terms of like the visual elements yeah. because there are things in that movie that are directly off the yeah, fucking Yeah, but the way page. Snyder shoots it and the way he colors it, it's a lot more stylized. Yeah. Where That's like true. Watchmen reads and looks a little more grounded. Yeah. Um well like again Snyder has kinda like his whole slow moe thing where I think it actually works pretty reasonably in uh in Watchmen. <laughs> it can, yeah. Um like but I'm thinking more so like 
when things like get to a point where I feel like they're not even that character anymore, like, like you, I don't, I can't really say that too much for Guardians of the Galaxy because I haven't read a whole lot of Guardians of the Galaxy, but like, yeah, Spider Man in the Marvel universe, I feel like has gone to a point where it's becoming so far removed from Spider Man, and I'm like, you're not even Spider Man anymore. Yeah, but it, it, you know, I think I think that's also charming in its own right because now people can like movie Spider Man. Mm-hmm. They don't have to like you know Amazing Spider Man the comic. Yeah. Um, or Superior Spider-Man, or um, the Web of Spider-Man, or um, Aunt May's cooking book. Uh, <laughs> you know? She has written cookbook, cookbooks in the comics. Huh. Really? Yeah, Aunt May has written cookbooks. Fuck right off. Wow. Good for me. Yeah, great comics. I mean, like, so there are things, uh, comic book adaptations, where, like, since you have that visual platform, it gets too close. Yeah. Like, um... The animated Killing Joke movie is literally just the comic. But even the art style is designed to look like Brian Boland's drawings. Yeah, it's like identical. And like there's like and the thing with the Killing Joke is that one, the Killing Joke doesn't really read like a traditional narrative. There's so much interpretive stuff in there. It reads almost more like poetry than it does mm-hmm. than it does a conventional narrative. Maybe that's why I don't like it. Yeah. Um, it's probably why the movie didn't really. Work. Yeah, and yeah. the movie like uh like and there's also a fact that particularly with Alan Moore and why a lot of people and even Alan Moore himself argue his book shouldn't be adapted is because. His lines are read to be uh are, are meant to be read. They're not re- meant to be spoken. Yeah. yeah, I think we actually talked about that in one uh, episode at one point. How I felt like the the killing joke uh, dialogue sounded very awkward. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about that exact thing. We did a Batman episode. I, mean, I remember yeah. we, we accidentally mm-hmm. did a Batman episode. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you will get an actor who does know how to deliver it. Like, mm-hmm. since right. is, isn't it, I just have to mention this, isn't it wild that we need, at this point, we probably need to get a historian for the podcast because I don't remember half the shit I say um, on this thing. <laughs> like, uh, have you seen uh, Sin City, Lucas? Yep. Yeah, so in uh, Sin City, you have some actors who do not know how to read Frank, uh, deliver Frank Miller's Oh, yeah, some, some, some of it's super awkward, but other people sell it. Like, Clive yeah. Owen uh, has it down to an art form. Oh, yeah. I have no idea how he does it. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. But, like, Michael Madsen can't deliver bum ticker. Mm. It just sounds awkward. Some of Nancy yeah. or Jessica Alba's lines are a little um, are a little off, but, like... I was, but then there are some people who just get it, like Rosario Dawson or Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis actually did really good in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always forget that Bruce Willis was like a legitimately good actor. At one point. Yeah, because he just doesn't try anymore. Um, I, uh, I was watching a Kevin Smith thing the other day. You're like this. They're talking again. Kevin yeah, Smith and, so and Bruce heard. Willis are talking again. Oh, really? Again. Yeah, their feud is over. He apparently, yeah. and I'm like, um, it was super, in the conversation basically, Kevin Smith said that he got a text message and it was like, um... Uh, he was just like, yo, I got some pictures for you. Where's, uh, what's your address? And he didn't have the number on his phone. So he's like, what the fuck? He's like, who is this? And he's like, BW. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, Bruce? And he's like, what the fuck? Why are you talking to me? And uh, apparently he had been, he'd, he'd also been getting phone calls for like the past month. And he's just blowing Bruce Willis off. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe Bruce Willis. I'd be scared Willis. to do that. Yeah. This, seems kill like, me. this seems like a far cry from the Bruce Willis where Sylvester Stallone had to say, you won't get the fuck off my set, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, on the note of uh, adaptations, Kevin Smith is uh, adap- adapting or uh, rebooting his own fucking movie. Oh, so, really? Yeah, he's doing Jane Silent Bob reboot. Oh, right. Which is, uh, which right. is a sequel to Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Which is, I think is just ridiculous. But anyway, we're coming in close here uh, for a landing. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing I do want to bring up, it's a it's gonna be quick, but like it's terrible adaptation. 
but not a terrible movie, I would say. It's a great transition for our next episode. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, World War Z. Yeah. World War Z. Thank you for saying World War Z. Z. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. what, what, what did you just say? What did you just say? What, what, what does that sound at the end of the sentence? E. Z. 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 Z? Anyway. <laughs> no, okay. yeah. I mean, I didn't like, I didn't <laughs> like the movie, so. The funny I thought thing the movie, there. I, thought, I don't love the movie. I think it's fine. But, like, the only thing it has in common with the book is the title. Yep. Literally, that yeah. is it. Because the book is, is like, a, is like a first-hand accounts of zombie mm-hmm. attacks. It's a series of interviews, essentially. Yeah. The, uh, what, there's an example I have that fits kind of into that. Mm-hmm. The movie Constantine with uh, Keanu Reeves. Okay. It has, it's a terrible adaptation. It has very, very little to do with a comic, but it's so far removed from a material that I could just judge it as its own thing yeah. <laughs> as opposed to as an adaptation. Just mm-hmm. the name, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, and for that, and for that I enjoy it. Like, even my aunt has said to me, uh, she all, when she described to me, she's like, good as a movie, terrible as an adaptation. <laughs> That's why we're going to change the name of the podcast to uh, Die Hard the Podcast. <laughs> 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 Nothing to do with Die Hard, guys. Um, but yeah, anyway, I agree. I agree. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's funny to think about those movies that don't have anything to do with anything. Yeah, it's just been changed so much that, like, why did you keep the title? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's called something because it's marketable. Yeah, you can right. sell it, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, we're coming in for a landing. Mm-hmm. Your captain's Oh shit! Yeah, I watched Final Destination the other night. Oh yeah. 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 There's a crash in that movie. Uh, well, explosion. But anyway, uh, yeah, this has been the podcast. Clunky ending, but we're getting there. Uh, this has been another episode of the Die Hard Podcast. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas, and I'm Liam. See ya. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna watch it. So. Yeah, yeah, overall, I did enjoy it. I think a lot of it is bad. I'm like, I think it's time to wrap it up, guys. Mm. Liam, you're an awful parent. My sun. job consists of me running around in the sun a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great content. Yeah. Great, great audio content. Great content. Liam, yeah. Liam looks very tan. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, so, just, uh, but, I don't know anything about Stranger Things. So.